1: And good Saturday morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Car Doctor Program on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. My name's John Paul, the Car Doctor, here to help you with your car problems on this Saturday morning. And you can join us by giving us a call at 617-770-3030. In a little bit, we're going to be talking to Patrick Foster. He wrote a book, uh, An American Life, a story about George Romney and George Romney... Uh, Mitt Romney's father, actually, um, and how his involvement with American Motors, and we'll talk to, we'll be talking to him shortly. Uh, a couple things uh, this week that I did: I was out at uh, local 12 of the uh, Plumbers Union, talking to uh, the retirees of the Plumbers Union. Uh, talked about cars on on Wednesday at the union hall over in, uh, I guess technically it's Dorchester, uh, but it was uh, a good group of people over there. And then yesterday, I was at the Endicott Estate and talked to the Dedham Retired Men's Club about the uh, same thing about cars or nonsense or whatever I was talking about. Um, kind of just a little bit about what's going on with the automotive industry and where things might be going and, uh, you know, what uh, what kind of different... Different issues may be coming up with either repair or what 's going on with self driving cars or new models and technology and some of the things that we 're starting to see in cars today so again a good good group of people over in uh, over in dedham at the endicott estate. that was a, it was a it was a big crowd too it was it was great to it was great to see everybody there and i've been there a couple of times and uh, always always a, always a good crowd and always a good crowd to uh, to chat with and see what's going on with with them and kind of what questions they have. Remember, if you want to listen to past programs, so you can always go to my podcast site, which is com. And uh, if you want to, you can always find those on iTunes and Stitcher and all those other kind of podcast sites too. So lots of lots of things, lots of ways to listen to the program. Um, I appreciate it if you go on and look and listen and. And you can always check out my website, which is JohnKnowsCars uh, With us on the phone is Patrick Foster. Uh, Patrick, good morning, and welcome to the Car Doctor program here in Boston.
2: Yeah, good morning, John. How are you? Good. How are
1: you? Uh, before we get started, I'm fantastic. Before we get started with the book, tell us tell us a little bit about you. I, I, uh, you know, you're you're an automotive automotive author. Uh, I uh, remember seeing your name in Hemmings all the time.
2: Yes, uh, automotive writer and, and author. I've written, um, actually I can say today, I've written 24 books because I just finished one yesterday. And uh, I'm a columnist with Hemmings Classic Car Magazine, which is uh, you know the, the industry leader in the old car hobby. And I write for a bunch of other car magazines, Vintage Truck and Collectible Automobile and uh, Old Cars Weekly.
1: So, uh,
2: I've so been doing this for... Y- I've been you know, doing this for about uh, 25 years.
1: Only 25 years, huh? So you're new at it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, I'm a youngster. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> and, uh, and you know, uh, a guy who's been on this program a bunch of times, used to be at Hemmings, Craig, Craig Fitzgerald always always spoke highly of you, so, uh, uh, you know. Oh, great. that. That whole kind of Hemmings uh, group that... Uh, you know, back in the Terry Eric days, was always was always a, a great group of people. And, and uh, you know, and Heming is always, always a fun, fun thing to look through in all their spinoff magazines. But let's talk about your, I guess it would be your 23rd book, um, George Romney and American Life. Uh, first off, is it a book about cars or a book about politics?
2: It's a book about George Romney, and uh, it tells his life story. So it gets into politics. Uh, there's a big section on his automotive career, which was substantial and, and I guess you could say legendary. Uh, so it covers from his birth and uh, right up to when he passes away, which was a very sad time for for me. And uh, I try and, and show you the sort of uh, character that he had and uh, the good that he was able to accomplish in his life.
1: And for Bostonians, uh, we all know Mitt Romney, so...
2: Yes, and um, Mitt was kind
1: enough to uh, write the uh, foreword for me. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So when you were kind of putting this book together, uh, who, did you, who did you think of an audience? Did you think of, like, car folks, or did you think of uh, historians? You know, uh, you know usually when I, when I talk to authors, they usually kind of have a direction in mind where the book's going to go. What were, what were your thoughts when you were putting it together?
2: Well, you know, I didn't think of historians because I'm a historian, so I can tell you none of us have any money. We couldn't afford to buy a book. (laughs)
3: Um,
2: What I I really think about is my regular audience, uh, because because I've sold so many books, uh, I've got a regular audience of people, and I knew they would be interested in hearing about George Romney because of his connection with the car industry. Um, I also uh, target group. Was uh, really people from Massachusetts uh, who you know are familiar with Mitt Romney, mm-hmm. and uh, people who remember when George Romney was uh, a household name and was running for the presidency himself.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. and governor of Michigan,
2: right? Yes,
1: yeah.
2: three-term governor of Michigan, and I, I would argue uh, the most popular governor in Michigan history. The, the Romney name is still magic in, in Michigan, and the way he re-energized the state and the political atmosphere, uh, people still remember him with uh, tremendous uh, fondness.
1: Well, let's talk about George and American Motors. Uh, uh, kind of give us a little bit of uh, insight into the book about um, what, happened, what happened with American Motors, where it was going, and what George Romney did for it.
2: Well, we'll, we'll, we'll start at the very beginning with Nash Calvinator Corporation, where George Romney was Executive Vice President and it merged in 54 with Hudson to create American Motors. And not long after the merger, the chairman of the board of the new American Motors, George Mason, passed away very suddenly, unexpectedly, and this thrust thrust, uh, George Romney into the chairmanship of this company, Well, it just happened to be the worst year... Uh, in in history, for the independent automakers, they were getting slammed by a a sales war that was it had broken out between Ford and Chevy. So all the little car companies, Studebaker, Packard, uh, American Motors, Willis Overland, they were all getting hammered by this. And American Motors found itself uh, on the ropes. And by 1956, it was on the verge of bankruptcy. But George Romney had had. Uh, Fired up the troops and, and uh, the dealers, and kept telling them, "We're going to turn this thing around. We're, we're going This is going to be a successful company." And he made literally thousands of speeches around the country, talking about his product. And what was different about American Motors is they had a small car, which none of the other hmm. uh, automakers, uh, American automakers, had. Uh, and it wasn't a tiny car; it was what we were call today an intermediate, but he went out there and he he peddled the idea of smaller, more sensible sized cars, In this is in the 50s when everybody wanted tail fins and triple tone paint jobs, and he was able to actually change public opinion about the smaller car, and he rescued American Motors, American Motors saw a big turnaround in 57, and by 1959, it was breaking sales records. By nineteen sixty three it was on the verge of becoming the third largest uh automotive brand in the country and George Romney, by that point, was the most famous businessman in the world. He was on the cover of every business magazine uh, that there was and uh, he was uh, just hailed as as the man who had you know created a miracle because nobody had ever had ever really rescued an independent American car company. The big three dominated the market. But here's George Romney, and he uh, he he got them running. And the the influence he had on the American car market was so great that by 1960, the Big Three had to start introducing smaller cars themselves, or risk losing the market.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you kind of look back at you know what was what was going on then, and you know whether it was with the you know Chevy Nova or Ford Falcon. But yeah, to be competitive with with that size vehicle made a lot of sense. And 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 I guess he did a pretty good job because uh, as, as I recall, uh, you know legendary uh, Massachusetts car dealer Ernie Bach was uh, was. Uh, a big Rambler distributor. So, uh, uh, you know, working. He was. A, he was
2: for a time. He was the biggest Rambler dealer in the world. I know Ernie. He's. Yeah. uh, uh, uh new Ernie. He was. Uh, uh, you know, just a tremendous businessman. And uh, but he wasn't alone. There were big Rambler dealers all across the country, and they were selling. By in '63, American Motors sold half a million cars. You know, we look at somebody like uh, uh, Saab or Audi that were. You know. Sell cars that, uh, well, SOP is not around, but Audi selling in the range of 100,000 uh, to 150,000 cars a year, and we think of them as a gigantic success. And here's this American car that's selling half a million cars a year. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's perception. Um, but the company my first that was very, very successful under George Romney.
1: Uh, and, 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 uh, and my first car, by the way, a, a Rambler, so. Uh so i have, really, I, have mine too. Yeah, yeah, I have sort of a soft spot for it so uh but you know back back to back to the book was there anything that kind of uh, as you were as you were putting putting the book together any real surprises that really you, you as you were as you were kind of doing your research you went wow i didn't know that's interesting any any kind of aha moments when you were when you were putting the book together
2: not really because i had known george romney for a number of years i knew his story so when I sat down to actually write it i was I was pretty familiar with it, but uh, I was impressed by all the different um, setbacks that he had in his life and I know when I was talking with him uh, yeah. his, his when he was five years old, his family lived in mexico that 's where George Romney was born, and they were chased out of Mexico. By Mexican revolutionaries, they were they were told you have to flee your homes because bullets are going to start flying, and he ended up as a five year old with his family, uh, refugees in Texas, living in a tent city that the government had set up, and living on uh, you know government handout food until they could get on their feet. Hmm. His father went on to buy a farm, which eventually went bust. He then. Uh, started a construction company, which eventually went bust. And, you know, the, the Romneys had just one setback after another. And, uh, they got to a point, uh, when they were on this farm that, that was failing. Uh, the only, they had no money, so the only food they had was the crop that they were growing, which was potatoes. And they lived on potatoes for like a year, three meals a day. And when George was telling me this, I looked at him and I said, didn't you ever feel angry at the world for handing you a bad deal? You're, you're you're living in this failing farm and living on potatoes. And he looked at me, you know, surprised, and he said, "No, this is America. I knew that there's opportunity out there and things were going to get better." Hmm. And uh, I just I, that I think is a remarkable statement about the man because you you see so many when you read the newspaper you hear so many stories of well such and such led a criminal life or or had a violent life, but you can't blame him because he had a rough childhood. Well, here's a guy who had a very rough childhood. Not too many of us are chased chased out of our country by revolutionaries or go broke or have to live on potatoes for a year. And yet he never lost faith in America.
1: Well, it's interesting that you you kind of look at the history of, of all kinds of different automotive businesses and vehicle manufacturers, and I think they all had some sort of... Uh, you know, borderline bankruptcy. So, probably having that early on, uh, life that kind of went from where he was to being, you know, like you said, chased out of his country to living on potatoes and, uh, you know, knowing that with some hard work and, and the right people, he, you know, he was able to succeed. And it, I, I would think he brought a lot of that to American Motors at the time.
2: Well, he did. When he was a teenager, you know, I think everybody knows the Romney's are Mormons. When he was a teenager, he went on his mission to Great Britain to spread the faith. And this, this involved going door to door and handing out pamphlets. Now, you know how, you know, you react when somebody knocks on your door and tries to convert you to their religion. You know, you're generally not very happy. He got a lot of doors slammed in his face. He had people yell at him, swear at him. Hmm. Make fun of him, and he did this for two years. And believe it or not, he was he was actually very successful at it. Um, so when it came time as a business leader to try and save his company and go out to different civic groups, business groups, financial groups, and pitch the idea of, of the compact car and American Motors being the one that's going to bring it to market and be successful with it, he was going on his missionary experience and. Yeah, he got an awful lot of flack on that, but he was used to it. He was already mm. toughened up. He had been toughened up when he was younger. So, uh, Romney was a very sharp guy, but he was also a tremendously tough person. You could punch him a lot of times, and he wouldn't go down.
1: Mm. No, it, it's. Uh, I haven't had a chance to uh, read the uh, read the book. Uh, but looking through it, you can see you can see and get a feel for a lot of that, and uh, and you you trans you in your in your writing style you kind of translate that feel uh, onto words on paper, which is which is uh, uh, really a, a great quality for writers. So uh, thank you thank you for doing that. Um, As I, I just want to I just want to add one other
2: thing too. As a political leader, you know he ran for the presidency for sixty eight. And he was he was a front-runner. He was ahead of Nixon and Reagan. But he had a... And you have to read the book to find out what he did wrong, but he made a mistake that really, in my opinion, cost him the candidacy. But think back, if George Romney had become president in '68, how different our world would be. Mm. America would not have had to suffer through Watergate. We wouldn't have the stain of that scandal on our political record. And... We would have gotten out of Vietnam probably four years earlier than we did.
1: Mm, Yeah, good. And think of the lives that would have saved. No, and like all, whether it's political or in the automotive industry, he made he made a couple enemies on the way on the way uh, along as well, right? Oh yeah, McNamara
2: um, yelled in his face that, uh, and and McNamara had been friendly with uh, Robert McNamara had been friendly with Romney. But uh, uh, McNamara, when Romney came out against the Vietnam War, when McNamara said George Romney wouldn't know the truth if it came up and bit him on the nose, and years later, years later, Robert McNamara came out and admitted, yeah, they had been lying about Vietnam; Mm. they did not tell the truth, which is exactly what Romney said, and he took heat for that.
1: Well, George Romney in American Life, uh, written by Patrick. Foster, forward by his son Mitt Romney. Uh, is it available now? Is it is it in uh, bookstores, Amazon, places like that?
2: Yes, um, it's it's on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. It's on my own website, which is oldmelfordpress dot com. Um, the books have just come in. They just started shipping them this week. So uh, yeah, people can order away, and I hope they enjoy it. Uh, it was a uh, it was it took me years to write this book. I wanted to get as much of George Romney into it, so people could understand, uh, you know, what a what a really great American looks like.
1: And your publisher, Waldorf Publishing, uh, they they do they have a lot of good stuff there, and uh, I always encourage people to go there and look and see what those folks are up to because uh, they have a a wide variety of wide variety of books and authors. So always always uh, great to hear from those folks. George uh, George Romney and American Life. Pat, thanks for taking some time out of your Saturday morning and joining us up here in Boston. Okay. Well, thank you. All right. Take care. Bye bye. Now, that was Pat Bye-bye. Foster. He was. Uh, he is a uh, author of uh, many, many books. Twenty-four books now, and uh, his his latest, I guess, isn't quite out yet. But his twenty-third book, George Romney and American Life, um, kind of kind of what was going on in American Motors, what was going on in George Romney's life, how he uh, how George Romney uh, basically took American Motors from the ashes and uh brought them to where they were as one of the you know the third the third largest car company in uh in the sixties uh so uh, a good story, and we're going to be giving away this book and this is an advanced copy, and it says not for resale it's not the final version, but those are always the fun ones to get for enthusiasts. You can look through this and go huh, i found a found a typo or I found a mistake or something, but we'll be giving that away some sometime during this program. And remember, if you uh, want to, and this is this, I'm trying to do it for people who live outside of Massachusetts because I don't want you to get a ticket. Uh, if you want to win the Fensens backup warning system, which is not a backup camera, it's an ultrasonic warning system that syncs to your smartphone, so you keep your smartphone in your car, it looks like a license plate frame, it fits around your license plate, and uh, when you go to back up, you hit the app on your phone, or there's a little key trigger you can use, it'll turn it on, and it will warn you, just like the newer cars do, that someone's behind you, a person or a car, or someone's backing up, or whatever the case is. I carefully took it out of the package, tested it. The problem with it is, in Massachusetts, we have a rule that says it, it says that you can't have a license plate frame on your license plate that covers the words Massachusetts or Spirit of America. So I'm limiting this to people who live outside of Massachusetts. So if you're listening on the podcast outside of Massachusetts, inside the 48 states, because I can't afford to ship it to Alaska, Hawaii, or Europe. I don't know how to ship it to Europe, which is part of the problem. So, uh, but if you, uh, if, you want, if you want this, all you have to do is drop me an email at jpaul, J-P-A-U-L, at com, And we will give you the, uh, we will give you the, uh, uh, the FENCENs, you know. if we And we've already had a couple of entries, but not many, but we had a couple. So, um, but give us, uh, you know, drop me an email and we'll put you in the basket and we'll see how you do. Phone number, 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. Let's talk to Ben before we take a break. Ben, good morning. Uh, hi, John, how are you? Good, how are you? D- D- I have a problem. I've got an old car that sits in the uh, that I use in a week a
4: month. Okay. It's a 2000 New York century. Now, my anti-light light comes on. I've, I've taken the light off with my diagnostic here. Now, do I have to replace the whole... Uh, can I just spray those... Sensors?
1: For no, the electrical curva, is the it, the, yeah, I see the, it's the uh it's the anti lock brake light you said came on? Right. So yeah. the sensors are the dirty of the wall, yeah. Yeah, it's probably a broken wire to one of the sensors. Okay. And for some reason, and I don't know why, for some reason it's usually the right front one is the yep. one the wire breaks on. So okay. Um it could also be a lot of rust that's built up between the sensor and the little tone wheel. You know, if you look right. under there where the sensor is, there's a little wheel, and right. rust builds up in there, and it confuses it. Now, okay. with the light on, it doesn't affect the brakes. It just affects the anti-lock part of the brakes. So, but it, it does knock off. It doesn't knock off, John. Yeah, yeah. So, so, but even, even if you went to go get an inspection sticker, uh, the light, if, if the light was on, that would still give you a sticker. It's okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I did get one right. Yep. Yeah. So. Now, are these sensors uh, on all four wheels? Uh, on that car, yeah, they are on all four wheels. Okay. So, but like I said, what's real common on that car for one reason or another is it is the, uh, it is the right front. It, and what happens is when they made it, the wire was, uh, the wire was a little bit short. And from okay. turn from turning left and right, it actually breaks the wire. So, okay. Yep. Yeah. So. And now, can I spray those clean up? Would that help with um, this? Like, n- uh, no, probably not. You actually have to get if there the connection itself is is usually not the problem. If it's anything, it's actually where that where the sensor leans right up against the the little thing that looks like a gear. And right. rust rust builds up in there, or else the, the 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 little gear is all just rotted out completely. Because what it does okay. is it 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 turns on and off every time that gear goes by the sensor. So every little tooth turns that thing on and off, on and off, on and off. And if there's rust built up in there, it thinks for a minute that maybe the the wheel's locked up or something happened and that's that's kind of how it all how it all works so but like okay. i said most cases what it is it's usually a broken wire that goes to the sensor and it's on it's usually on the right front and it's usually if you if you wiggle it if you get under there and wiggle it you'll yeah. you'll, you'll kind of feel the difference if it feels like it's broken so now, do I have to replace the whole
2: hub, or can I replace just the sensor, John? Uh, if it's
1: just if it's the wire going to the sensor, just just the sensor and the wire and harness. So okay. Uh, but there was I don't know if there still is, but there was a there was a wire and harness repair kit for those. But if the okay. if the sensors, if the sensors rusted and barely look like it's sitting in place, you probably ought to just replace it. I think seventeen years old is time to put it to sleep. You think? Well, you know, I, I only have one hundred thousand miles on it. <laughs> for, for seventeen yeah. years old, yeah. yeah. And if yeah. you only drive it one week a month, right? Um, I'd probably, I'd probably ignore the anti-lock brake light and not worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's not yeah. that important, right? Yeah. So in other words, I don't have any anti-lock, right? Yeah, that just means yeah. that just means it, it's going to behave like a okay. nineteen ninety Buick instead of a two thousand Buick. That's all.
3: Okay, Okay. I'm trying trying to revive the dead job. Okay, (laughs) all right, take care, man.
1: Bye-bye. 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. Well, kind of looking out in the parking lot here, they're starting to set up the stages. Um, Feeney Brothers is uh, starting to put the stages together out here, and everybody's starting to uh, figure out where things were going to go. They wanted to actually get it set up last night, but what? We're still having a little bit of a... Well, we did up until yesterday. A little bit of a hurricane wind coming through, but that has, that has smoothed out. That has smoothed out a little bit, and it promises to be a good day. Uh, by the time we're ready at 2 o'clock, I think the sun's going to be breaking through here. It's going to be a nice high 60s, low 70-degree day. Uh, uh, Devery will be here, Pauline Wells, there's, uh, Silver Spears. There's all kinds of good stuff, and, of course, the Sullivan Tyre uh, Irish Idol finale. The three finalists will be announced and that'll be a, that'll be a good time. So there's all kinds of good stuff going on here today. It's the fiftieth party, it's here at Marina Bay for uh the Irish Hip Parade in W R O L Irish nine fifty. So Come on down, come on down. It's going to start at two o'clock. It's going to run till about eight. It's going to be inside, outside. It's going to be it's going to be outside here in our parking lot at Marina Bay. It's going to be across the street at the sports complex. Uh, there's going to be all kinds of stuff going on in and around the studio space. It's going to be a lot of fun. Come on, come on down. Two to eight, and of course you get to meet the Irish host too. You know Billy Bailey and all the guys are going to be here. Johnny Costello, Paul Sullivan, you know, hanging around, having a good time. Why don't we take a break? My name is John Paul. The phone lines are wide open at 617 770 3030.
4: 617 770 3030. We'll be right back.
5: The more our family grew, the smaller our old car got. So we upgraded to a Honda Odyssey. It's from Kelly Blue Book's 2016 Best Value brand and comes with standard features like Bluetooth. So my wife can remind me of all the things I've forgotten to bring home. Ah, the diapers. Go to www.hondacarsofboston.com or 100 Broadway, Route 99, in Effort Mass. Call 617-276-1179. Based on
6: 2016 brand image awards from Kelly Blue Book, visit kbb.com for information. See dealer for financing details. We're all busy, but our help comes first. I've got this mammogram scheduled. When is your colonoscopy? Screening increases the chances of detecting certain cancers early when treatment can be most effective. Yeah, right. Make time to schedule your screening appointment now.
7: Hello, I'm Congressman Jim McGovern. Talk to a doctor about your risk factors to determine what screenings are best for you. Make your appointment today and keep it.
6: This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station.
7: Call AIG Direct now for your free quote. one eight hundred nine three zero five one zero four. 930 5104 You could save up to 70%. That's 1-800-930-5104. 1-800-930-5104.
5: The IRS doesn't mess around. If they want your money, they'll take it. They can take your paycheck and bank accounts, too. Even threaten your home or business. And it's about to get worse. The IRS just hired an army of new tax enforcers. So, if you owe back taxes, the smartest thing you can do is call Optima Tax Relief. Optima has access to a special IRS tax assistance program called the Fresh Start Initiative. And their clients that qualify are saving thousands, even tens of thousands. One call starts the process to To stop the demand letters, stop aggressive collection actions, and stop that army of new enforcers from targeting you. But don't delay. It's important to act now while you still have options. Optima is A-rated with the Better Business Bureau. Optima has already resolved over a half billion dollars of tax debt for their clients. Get your life back. Call now for your free consultation. Call 800-711-5743. 800-711-5743. 800-711-5743. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com here's exciting news about the popular online trading academy it's moving from 12 noon to 4 p.m weekday afternoons here on am 1260 the buzz don't miss a single day as the online trading academy teaches you how to manage your own money ensuring that you'll have a comfortable financial life for your family today tomorrow and for life the Online Trading Academy weekdays at 4 p.m. right here on AM 1260 The Buzz
0: WROL Boston You're listening to The Car Doctor
1: Welcome back to the Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of awesome. My name is John Paul, the Car Doctor, here to help you with your car problems. We'll do trivia in just a minute. Uh, one of the cars that I have been driving for the last uh, uh, few days—not uh, today, but for the last few days—was kind of an interesting one. It was the Mazda Miata, but it was the RF, which stands for retractable roof, and it—the uh, Miata had had always uh, it was always a soft top convertible when it was first introduced, the Generation 1, which was one of my favorites, by the way. And then it was um, changed over the years. There was a uh, one generation I wasn't that fond of. The last generation I liked a lot. And then it came up with a folding hardtop. And the folding hardtop tar- hard made it certainly much more of a year-round car. But what it also did at least with me, was it made it feel a little claustrophobic inside, and I don't usually feel claustrophobic, I don't feel tight uh, when I'm in a car, even a small car like a Miata, I can usually find my way to tilt the seat just right, or do something where I don't feel like I'm hitting my head, the con- conventional uh, hard top, retractable hardtop, um, Kind of always felt that way when I was driving it. This one is a little bit different because it's sort of a targa roof. It's sort of the middle roof panel disappears with the push of a button. And it is uh, very unique the way it works. It, uh, the, back of the back of the car tilts up. Um, a little bit, and then uh, the roof panel slides in, folds out of the way doesn 't take up any trunk space. The trunk space is small no don 't get me you know it is a small it is a small trunk in this car, but it does it does fold up, tucks out of the way. in fact, a couple of people looked at it and said uh, where where did the roof go exactly i said no no it 's right back here you you know it's it 's tucked away you can't you can 't really see it, but a push of a button, probably ten or fifteen seconds and it and it uh, folds up out of the way. And it, uh, you can do it at speeds. You can open and close at a speeds of up to about six miles an hour. I found out... Um that it it is six miles an hour because I tried to do it a little bit while I was moving and it told me no 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 you can't do that. Uh, typical Miata, the thing that handles like a go kart. It handles well. It actually rides pretty well too. You would expect it the ride to be a little stiff and hard, not not at all the case. But just a fun car to drive and and you know Miatas have always been fun to drive. That's what made them special. And you know the first ones were really a you know people thought of them as a uh, Incarnation of a, a British sports car. In fact, a lot of them were actually sold in that sort of British racing green with the with the tan tan interior, so it looked like something from uh, Triumph or MG would sell. And this one is, um, you know, a, a kind of a combination of vehicles, but nice little exhaust note. Not. Loud. I would have actually maybe liked it a little bit louder. Six-speed manual transmission, again, makes it fun to drive. You're not shifting it like crazy, so it, the engine performs nicely. It's a very easy standard shift car to drive, and it does have a hill holder clutch for people that aren't, aren't great with a standard shift. When they go to you know, take off on a hill, the car sits for just a second as you're taking your foot off the brake and starting to uh, let the clutch up. Uh, fuel economy ridiculously good. It's in the high, it's in the 30s somewhere, 32, 33. And even driving it a little bit sporty, you still get really good fuel economy. Um, can you put a big suitcase in the trunk? No. Can you, you know, if you put anything in it bigger than maybe like an overnight bag, it's going to be full. So you have to be, you have to be a little bit careful with that. So, uh, but it's, um, you know, there's, there's a, uh, just a fun car for people. And if they want something a little bit more year round and they want something that stands out a little bit. I know most Miata owners that drove by me gave it a down, gave it a careful look, and gave it a thumbs up. So I think uh, besides people who have never thought about a car like this before, I think they're also going to look at... uh, you know, Miata owners going, you know, that one's a little bit different. I kind of like it. And whether it was a Miata that someone had a roll roll cage installed in and, you know, old, you know, bigger tires and a louder exhaust and maybe some engine modifications or a stock Miata that went by me, again, people slowed down, got, got quite a few thumbs up from it. So um, if you're looking for something a little bit different, the Miata MX-5 RF retractable roof vehicle, fun, fun car, um, take a look at. Well, this is sort of interesting. Dozens of Volkswagen vehicles repurchased from customers for violating diesel emission standards have been caught up in a second scandal. They've been stolen outside of the abandoned Pontiac Silverdome in suburban Detroit, and some of the cars were fraudulently resold. I kind of wondered about that, because uh, right over here on the South Shore in South Weymouth at the former Navy base is a bunch of Volkswagens over there, and down in Rhode Island and Quonset, there's a bunch of Volkswagens down there, and in Rhode Island, um, I think I saw one security car and more than one way to get in and out of there. So I was kind of wondering if any of them would get stolen or if they disconnected all the batteries or something to do it. But um, some of the missing vehicles uh, were later spotted in Kentucky and Indiana. 32 were taken, from, uh, taken to the Mannheim Auto Auction in Indiana by um, Last Stop Auto, a used car dealership in Kentucky. Uh, they were given fake Michigan titles. According to Indiana State Police, Volkswagen was keeping track of all of these vehicles they were purchasing back or buying back. And when the vehicle identification numbers started showing up again in the system, uh, that's when red flags started flying. Because the vehicles crossed state lines, federal authorities are investigating the thefts. Volkswagen parked about 8,700 vehicles around the old Silver Dome, And uh, legal representative Last Stop Auto said the business was unaware that they were stolen, purchased from... Um, they purchased the recalled Audis and Volkswagens for $11,000 from a supplier out of Michigan and resold them at auction for about $18,000. Uh, when the scheme was discovered, Indiana State Police said 12 of the stolen cars were still on the auction lot in uh, Clarksville. Nine vehicles, uh, six Volkswagen Passats and three utility vehicles were reportedly seized from uh, uh, the complex on the rare occasion that a stolen car is uh, involved, we rely on our local law enforcement partners. Again, this is something that as they go through the system, they get flagged by the vehicle identification number. I promised we would give away Patrick Foster's book, uh, George Romney and American Life. And uh, if you have one trivia lately, save it for someone else. Um, and be a little bit of an automotive enthusiast, I guess. Um, but here's... Here's the question. In 1968, American Motors had a two-seater car. What was the name of this two-seater car that American Motors made in 1968? If you know the answer? Give us a call at 617-770-3030. 617-770-3030. What was the name of... Of the 1968 two seater version, hot rod, I guess, that uh, American Motors made. And again, if you've won lately, leave it for somebody else. And I know we got a lot of smart listeners out there. 617 770 3030. 617 770 3030. You will get the advanced copy of George Romney and American Life by Patrick Foster. Uh, so take a look at it. Um, there is a uh, I saw a picture of a Mercedes pickup truck. be interesting if Mercedes actually makes it but uh there's some talk about Mercedes actually coming up with a pickup truck uh because why not everybody else has one, so they might as well have one too so um so we'll we'll see uh we'll see what they do with that. Our phone number, 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. And also, Rolls-Royce is going to make a crossover vehicle now, too. So Rolls-Royce, they call it, uh, uh, they're planning an ultra-luxury brand. Their first crossover vehicle will be uh, unveiled in probably 2019. Looks like a big SUV. I don't know and if you were a fan of the all electric or hybrid electric BMW i8 apparently they're going to come out with a convertible version of that car too so uh so a i8 which was a which is a three cylinder hybrid electric car um really you know has that supercar look without i guess without a real exotic supercar price it's in the uh, it's in the hundred and forty, hundred dollars 150000 range, but they're, they're coming out with a uh, um, kind of a drop-top, same thing, sort of a tiger roof version. Our phone number, 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030 is how you get through. If you have a question about your car, or if you want to take a shot at trivia, what was the name of the uh, 1968 AMC two-seater? What was the name of it? I think it's pretty easy, but we'll find out. Karen's writing away. Let's start with, uh, looks like Kevin. Kevin.
3: Yes, good morning, John. How are you?
1: Good, how are you? Um, I'm doing very well,
4: actually, and I'm, I'm looking forward to that book. That's an easy question, by the way. Um, it was American Motors Experimental, AMX.
1: AMX, you are absolutely right. What what was the what was the uh, that was a shortened version of what car? Do you remember? Oh, the Javelin. Yeah, yeah. So, and you could get you could get that AMX. Uh, um, that 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 is a car that as um, you know, Camaros and Mustangs were selling through the roof. The AMX just sort of lingered there, and now all of a sudden, it's become a pretty collectible car. Uh, yeah, I have seen a couple of them around, and it's one of those cars that, uh, like uh, some of the Chrysler
3: products that I've noticed, that um, they might not have been as strikingly um, visually a- and, and when they were first built, but you look at them in retrospect, and they really catch your eye. Mm. Um, I think you could get those with a three hundred four V eight as well, so they, they had some power to them. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. No, they they had they had some big engines in them, and and one car that. You know, a lot of people hated, but I I still have a kind of soft spot. Is the Marlin? Yes, yeah. Looks, almost looks like the '66 Dodge Charger. Yeah, exactly. Just sort of a little bit more rounded, but it had that NASCAR style look to it for the time. And and every once in a while, I see one, you know, tucked away in somebody's, you know, backyard, all kind of rusty and dirty, and I and I kind of think, you know, that car that car had. An interesting look to it and kind of a kind of a fun car at the same time. Kevin, I'll tell you what. Stay right there. We'll get your name and address down, and we'll send you out uh, uh, Pat Foster's book. Wonderful. Thanks very much. All right. Thank you. 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. If you have a question about your car, um, we'll try to help you with whatever we have and uh, give you an idea. Uh, article from Automotive News says Honda's box step. Says uh, Japan's boxy mini cars are hardly known as sporty or high tech, but Honda Motor Company wants to change that. Uh, on both counts, they say their n which is a uh, best-selling nameplate uh, that is uniquely Japanese, uh, the redesign will um, will hit the market uh, soon. And in Japan, they have these little like mini minivans sort of thing. The N-Box is a, a little boxy car with. A, with the uh, sliding rear door, so it was sort of like a minivan. Um, I don't know. I wonder if we'll see something like that come here because a lot of cars, whether it's the, you know, old Scion um, that looked like a little square box or whether it was the uh, um, Honda Element or the Kia Soul is probably the closest to anything that's out there right now. Um I think they have a certain amount of practicality that you can, you know, carry people, you can carry stuff. They're not performance cars by any means, but if you put a little, you know, 130, 40, 50 horsepower engine in them, they can actually do pretty well. Um, And again, the Soul is one of my favorites because it it just seems to be able to fit a lot of different uh, needs for people, whether whether they're able to um, look at putting, you know, carrying cargo, whether they need to carry something on the roof, whatever the case is. Uh, So are electric vehicles a trend? Is it something that's a niche? Is it something? Well, according to the chairman of uh, Nissan and Renault, uh, or Renault, if you like to say that, Uh, They're going to expand their electric car offerings and dig dig deeper into cost savings and component sourcing and manufacturing under a new six-year plan. They actually plan 12 new electric vehicles and more platform sharing, uh, which makes sense. I mean, if you're starting to – everything I read now, it's it's, uh, Jaguar Land Rover is going to have – uh, plug-in or hybrid vehicles uh, sort of throughout their lineup in the next few years. Volvo said they're going to do the same thing. Well, once they figure out the packaging, all they have to do is put it in a variety of different cars. The new platform will provide the underpinnings of uh, future generation electric cars. The next uh, Nissan Leaf, uh, the Renault uh, Zoe EV will use the platform. A new cl- uh, common platform will be developed for midsize vehicles, adding to uh, that... Whole architecture where they can put things together, so I think we're going to see uh, more integration, a faster move towards some of these hybrid and electric vehicles, so we 'll have to see what's going on and I think I mentioned this uh, a week or two ago. Uh, there looks like there really is going to be a wrangler pickup truck um, after a long wait more than uh, for a more fuel efficient wrangler uh, it looks like sometime in two thousand and eighteen there'll be a wrangler based pickup and um, and maybe maybe 19, somewhere in there, but it looks like there really may be one. But in the next um, year or two, we're going to see a smaller uh, Jeep, you know, sort of that tiny Jeep, uh, probably sold just outside of North America, but you never know. The Renegade, an Italian-built subcompact crossover, is due for freshening. So the Renegade's actually uh, a Fiat-based vehicle. The redesigned Jeep Compass, debuted in 2017 and won't be due for a freshening until at least 2020, but I bet you'll see some more um, changes to that, too. The Cherokee, that's Jeep's midsize SUV. It was off the market for a long time, but probably in the next couple of years, you'll see some differences. The Wrangler, the next generation Wrangler, starts production in November and will debut at the Los Angeles Auto Show in December. It should arrive at dealerships 2018, but that's the one I think is going to be interesting because I think we are really going to see a pickup truck. So, and right now they're calling a scrambler production of the Wrangler-based pickup is scheduled to begin the end of uh, next year. Uh, the paint shop is expanded. The factory is changing the way they're doing some things. Uh, we might not see it next year, but it looks like it's really going to happen. And that's going to make a lot of people happy because that sort of smaller size pickup truck, um, I think, is coming back. with It's coming back with the Ford Ranger. Uh, You've already seen it with the GMC and Chevrolet. Toyota's had the Tacoma, but it's a market that's underutilized, I think, and they just have to watch the price because when you look at something like a Colorado or a Canyon, they're kind of midsize and larger, but... Price-wise, they get pretty close to a full-size car, so for somebody who's considering buying one of those vehicles, they might say, well, why should I go smaller? For a little bit more money, I can go to a full-size car, but if you want something that's easier to park, has almost the same capabilities, Colorado or Canyon Works, um, you look at you look at what uh, Honda has done with the Ridgeline. They sold a lot of them, and the new ones, even though they're pretty pricey, are still selling pretty well. So I think overall there's going to be a lot going on. And then is there ever going to be a, a more luxurious wagoner, Grand Wagoneer? I think so, and it looks like that may come sometime by the end of 2019 as well. So some changes, and, of course, because it, it is uh, – Fiat Chrysler, uh, we are seeing some freshening of the Chrysler lineup, too. We don't see, you know, the Fiat 500s, uh, you know, the car that kind of started it all here, the 500L, which is a little bit bigger. Uh, the 124 Spider, which is essentially a type, kind of started off as a Miata with a different engine, a little bit different shape and size, but basically it is a Miata. Um, be interesting to see where that's going to go and what's going to happen with that. Our phone number is 617 770 3030. 617 770 3030. If you want to join us, give us a call at, and we will, uh, we will uh, talk to you about your car and your car problems. I want to thank uh, Kevin from Salem, New Hampshire for winning trivia. Uh, why don't we take another break? My name is John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. You're listening on AM 950, WROL, the Spirit of Boston. Out of my
5: Hey, we know this radio station is your favorite. But did you know you can find even more great Christian stations now on ChristianRadio.com? More stations, more podcasts, and more uplifting faith-building programs. Download the app now by visiting ChristianRadio.com. The more our family grew, the smaller our old car got. So we upgraded to a Honda Odyssey. It's from Kelly Blue Book's 2016 Best Value brand and comes with standard features like Bluetooth. So my wife can remind me of all the things I've forgotten to bring home. Ah, the diapers. Go to www.hondacarsofboston.com or 100 Broadway, Route 99 in Everett, Mass. Call 617-276-1179. Based on 2016 brand image awards from Kelly Blue Book, visit
6: kbb.com for information. See dealer for financing details. We're all busy, but our health comes first. I've got this mammogram scheduled. When is your colonoscopy? Screening increases the chances of detecting certain cancers early when treatment can be most effective. Make time to schedule your screening appointment now.
7: Hello, I'm Congressman Jim McGovern. Talk to a doctor about your risk factors to determine what screenings are best for you. Make your appointment today and keep it.
6: This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Don't you just hate the
8: hassle of car buying? Make it easy by finding your financing first. Hi, I'm Kevin Chapman. As a member of the City of Boston Credit Union for over two decades, I know that they always put their members first with some of the most competitive car rates around. You can figure out what you want to spend before you even go shopping. Come visit the City of Boston Credit Union at cityofbostoncu.com and apply today. Or call 617-635-4545. City of Boston Credit Union. Uniquely Boston. Equal Opportunity Lender.
0: All through August, Sullivan Tire presents the sizzling summer tire sale. Save big on quality name brand tires for all makes and models. Buy three, get the fourth tire free on all Yokohama tires. Or buy one and get the second at half off. You can save up to $140 when you buy four Continental tires. Thousands of tires on sale at sizzling hot prices. And check out our new redesigned website, SullivanTire.com, to make an appointment for tires or the best auto service in the industry. Sullivan Tire, proud partner of the Boston Red Sox.
1: And welcome back to the Car Doctor program on AM 950 WRL, the Spirit of Boston, our phone number six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty. 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. We still have a line or two open if you would like to join us, but why don't we uh, go to, I think, Tom's up first. Good morning, Tom. Yes, hi.
4: John, you, know, you mentioned the radio lines, you got me thinking. I went and looked at them a while ago. I'm not a pickup guy, per se, but, you know, I was... Just so let me take a look at them. And what I came away with I don't know how you think on it, they're expensive yep. and they're relatively clean. Inside wasn't like overly comfortable or anything like that, you know, a typical Honda uh you have a car. What do you think? You think they're
1: overpriced? I do. I do, I actually, Yeah, I, I thought so. I actually do think they're overpriced. Um, the one that I road tested when they first came out was was um, it was forty ish. Which yeah. I thought which I thought was kind of a lot of money for for kind of what you got. Um on the other hand, it did have some very novel features in it which made it which made it kinda of nice. So um, you know, so you had to look you you know you you look at a little bit of that and you say, Well, um you know, it's something that it's something that
4: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's that's right. That's the way I feel. It's like, you know, it wasn't anything wrong. I liked, you know, this or that. It's a Honda. I have a Honda car. And I'm like, yeah, maybe i like to stick on the Honda line. But I'm like, how could I... I'm cheap. You know, I'm a frugal guy. I don't mind buying something. But I'm like, it just seems too much money and too really plain. Like, they haven't done anything to make it... I don't know. It just wasn't, like, comfortable to put my arm on the thing. It was kind of this and that. It was, you know... Just a basic
1: vehicle. I, yeah, my I, I, I mean I found it comfortable enough to drive. The one thing that i didn 't like about it at all was um, the the infotainment system I thought was horrible it was just awkward to use and you know changing the station and using that display and everything i just found I just found uh, just kind of difficult to. Difficult to use all the way around. Um, mm-hmm. And again, I, I like the idea of the size of it and, and right, the idea exactly. that it has that lockable trunk space below the bed floor. And the three and a half liter V6 engine is good. I mean, it actually even has the ability to tow five thousand pounds. So it's actually it's actually mm-hmm. a, it can be used like a real truck. And the the cargo bed is um, you know it's a it's a Call it a plastic bed, but it's it's really rugged as can be. So, How right. was the uh, drivability? Right? I never drove. Yeah, it. I, I, thought, was- I thought it drove. I thought it drove well. Um, I I want to say the one that I drove might have only been front wheel drive, which actually is kind of an interesting novel idea too. That you're you can buy something that has that utility in front wheel drive, so it's not going to be an all wheel drive off road vehicle. You know ridiculously good in the snow, but it's going to be pretty good in the snow, which is certainly better than buying, say, like a rear wheel drive Tacoma or a rear wheel drive, you know, Colorado or Canyon. So you're going to have that you're going to have that ability to, you know, go a little bit go a little bit better in the wintertime because it's front wheel drive. Of course if you tow a trailer, now all of a sudden you shifted the weight a little bit and you might get a little bit of wheel spin if you were taking it up a boat ramp. But if you were just towing a a, a light duty utility trailer or, or um you know, or a camping trailer, it'd be fine. You'd be, you'd have no problems whatsoever. So, but I thought yeah. the drivability was good. I mean, you know, typical Honda. You know, it felt a lot like driving a Honda Pilot, um, which is basically what it is. You know, it's a Pilot without without the back of it. So, it felt yeah. it felt good that way. Um, but price price wise, in fact, I was talking to somebody uh, yesterday, and it's that whole uh, price shock when you go looking. He, this guy was looking at a at a uh, at a Kia and uh, yeah, it was a Kia. He was looking at uh, a Kia Sorrento, and he said it, you know it 's a nice one it's a, you know it's a, it's the the fancier version, but he said the list price on it was forty two thousand dollars Wow, and nice. you, you know you think of, you know <laughs> i i it doesn 't seem like that long ago that the luxury tax kicked in at thirty two thousand so now right. we're we're looking at you know what you would think is a affordable You know SUV, midsize SUV, and it's in the you know it's it's bordering on that luxury you know luxury SUV at that kind of price. And again, it had all the bells and whistles in it, but still, it was you look at it and go, wow, that's a lot of money.
4: Yeah, it is. What do you think about the Volkswagen Titan?
1: I haven't driven it yet. I've heard good things about it.
4: Um, Hmm. uh, uh, The only bad thing I kind of heard is that it doesn't seem to have the performance. You know, uh, as good as others, that's all. It just seemed like it lacked, you know, the, yeah. the performance end of it. Not bad, but just, you know, everything mm-hmm. is performance. Yeah. Just a little bit n- negative on that.
1: Yeah, and, and it's kind of funny. Yesterday when I was at the uh, Dedham Retired Men's Club, I, I kind of mentioned that, that I drove, a, um, I drove a, a minivan a couple of weeks ago, and it was almost 300 horsepower. You know, yes, so, yes. so they're giving horsepower away in a lot of cases, so it... it you know and you kind of look at Volkswagens in general, you know they're they're even their little hot rod golf uh not the ultra performance one, it's really two hundred horsepower, and you say, well, two hundred sounds like a lot of horsepower, but compared to some of the other uh y- some of the other cars yes. in that category, it's a little bit short, you know, compared to like a WRX or something like that. Yeah, yeah.
4: right. Yeah. Well, thanks, John. Okay. I just right. cause I thought I was just a cheapskate,
1: but no, 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 <laughs> <okay>. no you. <laughs> on the what what, what happened? What happened is you're not a cheapskate. You just you you just don't have enough money. That's all. Cars are car, cars are getting cars are getting scarily expensive right now.
4: So even if you can do it, though. I mean, even if it's, it's not the money, if it's not, it's just what you. You know, it's the value. That's how right. you're looking at something. From when well, you even look at an American car, and it's glamorous. You know what I mean? Has yep. oh, geez, you sit in them and you're like, you're in a, yep. a high-priced car. But yep. the, the, the Honda just had no. Yeah, it, you back. Know,
1: yeah you're right because um, somebody else I know was looking at one, and they said it's kind of plain inside. And especially the one that I drove was black and black, which even made it look plainer. Yeah, that was the one that yeah. I mean, it was just yeah. extremely yeah. plain. But, anyways, I'll let you go, oh, John. Oh, thank you. All right, you. take care, Tom. Bye bye. Bye bye. 617 770 3030, 617 770 3030. Let's go on to the next line here. Good morning, you're on the Car Doctor Program. Morning, John. Hey, Robert. How you doing? Good. Yeah, I just
3: have a few comments on the, I'm uh, talking about the Ranger yep. and price and all that. um Take your time. Back in 83, I was waiting for it to come out the first year, mm-hmm. and uh, after I saw it, said, nah, no thanks, I'll have an F100. Okay, so no, I would have had a more priced one. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think it's sticking at 9300 <clears throat> Well, the film citizen also had Addison Rangers. He mm-hmm. yeah, showed me one that was $9,700, you know, yep. this price. Yep. I'm thinking, price per pound, the F one hundred cheaper now. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and,
1: know, and, yeah <laughs> and that's and that's you know, the the reason to buy a mid size truck is more now because you just want to be able to park it easier rather than you know, I I still think and, and everyone obviously everyone disagrees with me but I still think there's a market for a very basic pickup truck. You know, something, you know, something like, you know, envision a, you know, an old, you know, Toyota pickup or, you know, even, you know, go as, you know, basic Ranger, you know, something with a little space, you know, maybe 12 inches of space behind the rear seat so you can throw something behind it. A very basic bed. It doesn't have to be, you know, the fanciest, you know, double line, you know, tie down sort of thing. You know, heaven forbid, it might even have manual windows. Right. right but, but uh, the idea of a of a of a truck that's not going to put you in the poorhouse, but still you're going to be able to take it to the home center and pick up stuff and you know go you know go get uh, you know a load of pine bark mulch or whatever whatever you do with it, or just have the idea that you have it there when you need it if you want to throw your, you know throw a bicycle in the back of it or or you know something something to carry around without the idea that you're you know spending forty fifty sixty thousand dollars for a truck. I was looking at um two different trucks that people had at work. Somebody had a top of the line. Ford F one fifty King Ranch, and somebody else had the top of the line uh, Toyota pickup truck, and those and those were those were well you know those were those were well over fifty thousand dollars, and fifty thousand dollars is is a lot of money for a pickup truck. Now, granted, you know, like Tom was just saying, you know, the Ridgeline's kind of a plain plain Jane feeling vehicle inside. But still, I, you know, I, uh, how about just a pickup truck for somebody that wants to do a little bit of weekend weekend work with it, but just want something basic without being too fancy. I, I think I think there's a place for that.
3: Yeah, well, a la carte parts. I have a tilt steering wheel, but no cruise, no. no power, no You know, everything the engine, the transmission, the suspension, you know, limits what they're all separate Alcat. You know, so I price it. Oh that's the way I want yep. instead of buying packages
1: yeah you know? yeah no it 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 makes sense and, and again i i thought i thought for a while there um Kia had the original uh, Kia Sorrento was a body on frame vehicle and and they weren't they you know they had a plant and they weren't making as many of them as they could, and I said, you know, this would be a perfect example of you could make a pickup truck pretty easily because you already have the cab, you already have the frame, and you could you could turn that into a pickup truck without a ton of work, and I, at the time, I was talking to, when I said that, I was talking to the then president of Kia, and he said, you know, you, I think you're on to something, and of course, he got fired about a month afterwards, so. Yeah. So nice.
3: Yeah, yeah. And quickly that uh, Bronco, I should be kind of shocked when that comes out.
1: Yeah, if it, you know, uh, you know, when and if it comes out, you know, all those you know bits of turmoil at Ford Motor Company these days. But yeah, the the Bronco, the you know, I was a little disappointed when I was in Detroit last year at the Detroit Auto Show, and Mark Fields got up and and we expected to see some renderings or some drawings or something about the Bronco and the Ranger, and all they really showed was the name Bronco and the name Ranger, It never never even showed a line drawing of what it was. Supposed to look like. Now we're starting to see some pictures starting to come out. Um, I'll, I'll I'll reserve judgment when I actually see the vehicles. So
3: yeah, I always like you know the Bronco, the Blazer,
1: and yeah, All of those, all of those size vehicles. Um, you know, people looked at some of those and they're like, especially the two door versions. They're like, why would yep. anybody want those? But they they <laughs> they still uh, you know they still they still are you know great fun vehicles and and again they're not for everybody. But but you look at what's available, and uh, even like Pat Foster was saying this morning when we were talking to him about his book, you know some car companies like Audi, you know, sell one hundred hundred fifty thousand cars a year. Uh, you look at some of these other companies, and they're like, well, you know, if you can sell you know twenty five thousand light duty pickup trucks or twenty five thousand you know sport utility vehicles that are a little bit specialized, and you can do it without with a reasonable amount of money in in place. I don't know it seems seems like it seems like it's a pretty good idea but I, you know I don't know how to build a car so.
3: Yeah. 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 Okay Okay, yeah. take have care. A, Robert. Have a great Bye. weekend. Well.
1: Bye-bye. 617-770-3030 617-770-3030. If you would like to call, uh we have open lines again and you can uh you can Find out what's on your mind about cars. If you have a question about your car, we'll try to help you with that. I kind of mentioned something about Mercedes thinking about a pickup truck. Well, they actually do say they are going to build one. Um, They showed a midsize, they called it the X-Class pickup. It was introduced uh, last week in, of all places, Johannesburg, South Africa. It looks like it's going to be priced around $42,000. It's Mercedes' first pickup truck will... uh, uh, be sold, uh, in Africa first, in Australia, New Zealand, Latin America. Um, they're saying it won't be sold in the U.S., but, uh, but Mercedes Benz USA CEO has said that when the pickup truck undergoes a little bit of a refreshing, uh, it very well, they could reevaluate its U.S. prospects. I'm willing to bet they're gonna, they're gonna bring it here, but the X Class will be available initially with, uh, two diesel options as well as a gasoline engine top of the line V6 diesel will, um, will also be available. Uh you know, it's, they look at some of this stuff and they say, well, what do we what do we need? What do we have to do? And uh I don't know. I think as you break up your own company, you have to look at building a lot of models of vehicles if you can do them economically and you can put them together. So they they're all, you know, you, you can I guess the real story is if you could build the same engine, same transmission, and have basically the same undercarriage and just change the sheet metal, it actually would work. Let's talk to Bob. Hey, Bob. Hi, John. How are you? Hi, John. Good. Good. How you doing?
4: Good. Uh, great show, John. Thanks for being on the air. Uh, I had a couple. Of, I've had a Ranger. I've had a uh, 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 what's the Mazda b 2300 uh, yeah, great yeah, trucks which, you know?
1: which which was a ranger
4: you know yeah i still go it my buddy gave it to me it's got 290 thousand on it i use it for a yacht truck it's, yep. it's fabulous you know uh John a quick question uh, uh, outside of that I, my wife's got a jeep i'm replacing the power steering pump uh what, what's your what's your take
1: on the rebuilds um you know you're gonna it's gonna be hard not to find a rebuild you know that's yeah, I, well. that's kind of the problem. Yeah. Every time I'm looking at something, it, is it's a remanufactured. Yeah. Thing, you know. It 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 really depends on how how you know who had it. You know what I would what I would do though is I would uh, I would look for one that has you know a limited lifetime warranty just in case. So at least okay. you're, at least you only have to pay for it once. Yeah. You know even even like my own car about a, maybe almost two years ago I put a starter in it. And um, I couldn't I couldn't buy it anything but a rebuilt starter. And of course, about a year or so, year and a half later, it didn't start one day. So I I never expected it to be the starter because it still looked brand new. And. Yep. You know sure enough, it was bad, but at least I went back to the parts store it came from and said, "Hey, I got this here about a year ago, and I was off on the time a little bit, but it still had their stickers on it that's how that's how it looked and and they, they tested it, and they said, "Oh yeah, and they handed me a new one and off i off I went so right nice, yeah uh, nice. uh, so it, i I would look at that you you might be able to find a new one online with maybe through like Rock Auto or somebody like that, you might find a new one." Uh, yeah, yeah. The other thing I would do is I'd be uh, I try to flush out as much of that old fluid as you can. Okay, well that's been happening because I broke some lines. Oh, okay, so, but, all right. Uh, but uh, okay, well that's good. Yeah, so i I'm, mean, re- be afraid of them. Yeah, just make no, sure I get the warranty. Warranty. Yeah, I'm, like I said, don't be afraid of them. You are going to have to. You, you. It may bleed off, or you know, it's not unusual to get some air in the system. Usually, just okay. let their, usually just let it run with the. Uh, with the reservoir cap off is enough to bleed the air out of it so yeah uh, you, yeah you, sh- you should be fine you should be fine for okay. that okay okay excellent all right, right thank you all right okay all right. have good Take day bye bye Six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty is how you get through our lines are open again so if you want to join us um this is an interesting story. It's uh, it's Toyota V6 versus Honda's turbo, and it says a Toyota Camry sedan showdown is heading up over engine strategies. The Toyota is betting its V6 will outperform Honda's move to a downsized turbo. Um, we are seeing Honda go towards turbocharged engines. The the new Honda CRV, for instance, uh, but you know we'll we'll have to wait and see where Toyota still has the v six so in the in the Camry family they have the v six where in the uh, accord we may see uh, we may see the two liter uh four cylinder two hundred and fifty two horsepower uh versus the uh versus the bigger v six It's interesting to look at it all and say, you know, what's going to happen. Somebody asked me yesterday, they said, with all this downsizing, are engines going to last as long as they used to because uh, are you pushing them harder all the time? Well, the reality of it is you are pushing them a little bit harder, but really when you're out on the road, you really need about 15 horsepower to maintain highway speed. So, you're not really, on day to day driving, you're not really pushing anything that hard. So, it actually causes, it actually causes, uh, uh, not a lot of, not a lot of issues. So, I think as long as the engine was designed to be, be turbocharged from the very beginning, which these new ones are, it's not really a problem. So, uh, you can gain that increase in fuel economy. But if you're somebody who pushes a vehicle hard, uh, for instance, the EcoBoost, Boost trucks, uh, that Ford has, get, Pretty good fuel economy, unless you drive with your foot into it all the time. If you're working it hard, you're towing a boat, construction trailer, things like that, the fuel economy does drop off because when the turbocharger spools up and spins up and makes that extra horsepower and more powerful than their V8, the fuel economy starts to fail and starts to go down. Why don't we take a quick break? My name is John Paul. This is a Car Doctor Program. If you would like to join us, our phone lines are open. And remember, this is the big party day here. It's starting to happen in the parking lot. Uh, It'll start at 2 o'clock. They're putting the stage together. Uh, It's going to be across the parking lot. It's going to be in the parking lot at 500 Marina, at 500 uh, whatever we are, Victory Road, yeah, Uh, at Marina Bay. And it's uh, across the street at the Sports Complex as well. And there'll be some tours of the studios. There's going to be all kinds of bands. I think there's like a total of eight or nine bands playing here today. Uh, So if you want to see some live Irish music and see it for free, this is the place to come. Right here at Marina Bay between 2 o'clock and 8 o'clock today. We'll be right back.
7: Boston, born and raised, and would never consider living anyplace else. Well, four years ago, my wife and I bought a house in our dream neighborhood. It was a little small, but thanks to the home improvement loan from the City of Boston Credit Union, we're now able to add on and stay right here in the place that we love.
5: For rates and terms, visit cityofbostoncu.com. NMLS number 403469. Equal Opportunity Lender. The IRS doesn't mess around. If they want your money, they'll take it. They can take your paycheck and bank accounts, too. Even threaten your home or business. And it's about to get worse. The IRS just hired an army of new tax enforcers. So, if you owe back taxes, the smartest thing you can do is call Optima Tax Relief. Optima has access to a special IRS tax assistance program called the Fresh Start Initiative. And their clients that qualify are saving thousands, even tens of thousands. One call starts the process to stop the demand letters, stop aggressive collection actions, and stop that army of new enforcers from targeting you. But don't delay. It's important to act now while you still have options. Optima is A-rated with the Better Business Bureau. Optima has already resolved over a half billion dollars of tax debt for their clients. Get your life back. Call now for your free consultation. Call 800-711-5743. 800-711-5743. 800-711-5743. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. The more our family grew, the smaller our old car got. So we upgraded to a Honda Odyssey. It's from Kelly Blue Book's 2016 Best Value brand and comes with standard features like Bluetooth. So my wife can remind me of all the things I've forgotten to bring home.
8: Ah, the diapers. Diapers.
5: Go to www.hondacarsofboston.com or 100 Broadway, Route 99 in Effort, Mass. Call 617-276-1179. Based on 2016 Burn Image Awards from Kelly Blue Book, visit
6: kbb.com for information see dealer for financing details. WROL's
8: long-awaited 50th birthday celebration will take place Saturday, September 23rd from 2 to 8 p.m. at our Marina Bay Studios. Bands, bars, food, vendors, and loads of fun both outside in our entire parking lot and inside at the neighboring sports complex. We'll have tours of the studios. You can see where we broadcast live as we broadcast live, like we've been doing for the past 50 years. And six hours of live Irish bands, Margaret Dalton and Aaron's Melody, the Silver Spears, Jeffrey, Pauline Wells, the Penian Sons, the band Ireland, all helping us celebrate 50 years serving the Irish community and celebrating with Irish music from artists you know and love so well. We'll even have a special 4 o'clock mass in our studios. We know the Boston Irish and Irish American community, and we have you covered. And to be part of this giant celebration as a vendor or sponsor, call us at 617-691-2526. The crack will be mighty Saturday, September 23rd, 2 to 8 p.m. Save the date.
6: We're all busy, but our health comes first. I've got this mammogram scheduled. When is your colonoscopy? Screening increases the chances of detecting certain cancers early when treatment can be most effective. Make time to schedule your screening appointment now.
7: Hello, I'm Congressman Jim McGovern. Talk to a doctor about your risk factors to determine what screenings are best for you. Make your appointment today and keep it.
6: This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. WROL Boston.
0: You're listening to The Car Doctor.
4: Who's going to drive you home?
1: Well, sort of what happens, you know, when the commercials are on, we talk about everything but anything, I guess, and we're talking about my choice of beverage today, which was a, uh, which is uh, some sort of sweet tea made with real sugar and no preservatives, and it has more sugar in it than Coca-Cola does, I think, so it has a lot of sugar in it, and it has... um It has a fair amount of salt in it, too, so I don't know why. Uh, Honda actually came out with an electric vehicle. They showed it at the Frankfurt Auto Show, and the picture I hear here, uh, it looks like it's, they call it the urban EV concept. It's four inches shorter than the Honda Fit, and it's slated to go on sale in Europe sometime in the next couple years, but Someone, and it was us, the publication CNET, um, put it back-to-back with a uh, Volkswagen Rabbit. And it actually looks pretty similar. I have to agree with them. It looks pretty close. So, Hmm. And speaking of electric cars from Volkswagen, they really are going to build that electric uh, microbus. So the ID Buzz, uh, we talked about it before, but it's... Uh, they 're calling it an emotional car for Volkswagen. they 're saying that it is uh, the microbus uh, was a, a vehicle that people loved and it 's funny they people love them like a lot of things that they loved in their past, and if they had to drive it today, they would think how terrible it was. I was talking to someone just uh, two weeks ago that they actually have a again, but they couldn 't the engine went bad in it, so they actually have a Ford Focus engine in it because that engine apparently there was a, a pretty simple uh, switch kit for it that you could retrofit it to a a ford engine and it works pretty well and actually has a little bit more horsepower that was the the uh, water cool version of of the Vanagon, which was sort of the late late part of those so we'll have to we'll have to see see what happens one of the things we were talking about earlier was the the bed in the back of the uh, of the honda ridgeline and Chevrolet is back again, dropping toolboxes in the back of Ford pickup trucks, making holes in their aluminum bed. Uh, yep, makes holes in it. Be careful with it.
4: <laughs>
1: and we talked last week about the Nissan Leaf uh, with the folks from Nissan. And apparently the new Nissan Leaf will get self-parking as a feature. So we have to see how well that actually turns out. And I mentioned last week that uh, the smart car is only going to be sold as electrics, and only 27 dealers remained. Uh, Most of them said, you know what, we're not going to sell them anymore. But apparently those 27 dealers accounted for 80% of the sales. Dealers who opted to stop selling the smart as a microcar brand moves to electric vehicles only in North America can come back to the fold one day, even though two-thirds of the Smart's U.S. dealership network elected this summer to um, move uh, and provide service only, Uh, They're saying that it may not be that bad a thing because they sell most of the ones that remain, are selling most of the cars. The remaining dealerships are in markets such as uh, San Francisco, Portland, Oregon, uh, which are more conducive to tiny electric cars. The North American decision was a precursor to Smart's announcement last week at the uh, Frankfurt Auto Show. Uh, Even if Smart loses sales to combustion engine vehicles, uh, uh, Winkler, who uh, she is the... What is she CEO Susan uh, Annette Winkler? Um, she said um, we're counting on the electric vehicles to compensate for it. I'm honestly not sure we'll lose a lot by going electric only. Well, it's kind of interesting. Years ago, two years ago, I guess I had uh, I had Herb Chambers on the program, and I said to him, you know, you're a pretty honest guy, and he said, what do you mean? And he said, well, when the when the Smart came out. You took it for a ride and you were kind of unsure why anyone would buy it. You didn't think much of the gas, of the gasoline smart. And I said, but then you drove the electric one and you said, this is a really nice car. They did a really good job with it. And he kind of went, who told you that story? And I said, well, you did. And he said, then he kind of went, well, it must be true. If I told it to you, it must be true. And it was true. And the electric smart is certainly. The better version, in in my mind, Um, although I like little microcars, and people wonder why, and I don't know why either, and one of the ones I like is the uh, Scion IQ, which they don't make Scions anymore, but the IQ has a little bit more room in it than a Smart, but it's basically kind of the same size. It has a little bit of a rear seat that, I don't know, maybe somebody can sit sideways in, but it has storage, and it has a typical, um, you know, Toyota drivetrain, with the exception of the transmission, which is a little bit rough, but... I keep thinking that I could stumble across one really cheap, but there's no such thing as a cheap car anymore. That's kind of the problem. Well, Paul Sullivan's sitting across from me or next to me or somewhere near me, and it's a big anniversary party today. Usually don't sit. That's see. That's know, the thing. I know. Usually I know. I'm tired today for some reason.
8: Well, it's it's, yeah. it's the you know second day of or the first fall, full day yeah. of fall. First full day of fall. Yeah. Fall
1: happened yesterday at like four ten in the afternoon or something. Yep. And I'm all maybe that's what it is. I'm all confused or depressed, one or the other, or something. Yeah. yeah. But it's going to be summer on Monday.
8: I know. Well, tomorrow too. Tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. So ninety degrees.
1: Yeah. So yep. it's going to be just just when you thought that uh, it was going to be fall and you're going to have to turn your heat on. Mm-hmm. You'll have to turn your air conditioning on mm-hmm. yeah. if you still yeah. have it in your window. If you still have it, if you're a yeah. window, if yeah. you're a window air conditioner person. I yeah. T- I but took yeah, it's a
8: big party day today.
1: Yeah. I w- I took my window air conditioner out as soon as I could. Yeah, yeah, because because I, I, it gets cold at night. No, I like the windows open. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. So I like the breeze. And if I put the window air conditioner in, it blocks one window. And anyway, enough was of my, enough of my speaking
8: about fresh air and getting outside. What was I reading or listening to today? Oh, um, I think LL L. Bean. You know, they they sell a lot of outdoor uh, stuff, and they want people to be more active because that's the kind of stuff they sell. Well, they have somehow done this through technology that um, they have a coupon or a written ad somewhere, but the ink only is visible in the light of the sun. And so in order to get the coupon or to read it or to know you have it, you have to be outside to see it. Isn't that cool?
1: It is. It's weird.
8: It is weird. Yeah. And maybe I misunderstood the whole thing or dreamed it. But um,
1: if you did, you should write to them <laughs> and say, <laughs> no. hey, have I got an idea got for you? i got a great know.
8: idea. It just dawned on me. Yeah. Yeah. In fact,
1: in fact, you just send me a pair of those boots and I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be happy.
8: <laughs> yeah, the ones on back order that yeah. I've had there for six months. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, we're having a good day today. Yeah. The parking lot is, um, is going to be a different place in a little while because we're going to have a bandstand set out there, a stage, as it were. And uh, yeah, we got. Uh, I was just looking at the schedule. Did you look at this? No, I didn't see it. This Irish Hit Parade 50th Anniversary Celebration uh, program. Tell me about it. Yeah. Well, starting at 2 o'clock this afternoon, uh, we've got. Great entertainment on two big stages.
1: On two big stages. Two
8: big stages, right? On the main
1: stage we have.
8: On the main stage. Well, that that depends. Is the main stage the one that's outside or is the main stage no the one idea. that's inside. So, well, if you like to be outside in the weather, which is getting better, I heard. Uh, we've got Ireland the band at two o'clock. Then Brian Mahoney at about twenty minutes of three. Then there's some uh, dancing from the Hebe Quinn School of Dance. Oh uh, good friend Dennis O'Gorman is here at three thirty. I'm, I'm sorry, 3.50, you know how my eyes are. Yeah. 3.50, 10 minutes to 4. Then the O'Dwyer School of Dance, and then at 4.55 outside, the Belfast Cowboys. They're they're a fun group. It's good. Now, inside at the Sportsplex, right over there, see it yonder? Yeah. All right. Starting at it ten o'clock.
1: The one with the big banner out in front that says 50th anniversary. Yeah. Yeah, party, it says. Yeah, and the big crane over there. Yeah.
8: <laughs> That's how I'm getting over there. Anyway, um, Colin O'Brien is there, too. Debri at 2.30, Pauline Wells at 3.20, the Fenian Sons, good guys, 4 o'clock, Silver Spears, long time. They've been around almost as mm-hmm. so long as the show, and they'll be here at uh, about 5 o'clock. Then the the, uh, the great event today is the Sullivan Tire three-song session, because we're going to pick, or the crowd's going to pick, yeah. a winner from the three finalists. And I get to announce who the three finalists are in about, oh gosh, can't see my watch. What time is it? <laughs> it is.
1: Uh, it is about two minutes to ten.
8: In about uh, seven, eight, eight, yeah. ten minutes. Ten minutes. I'll I'll uh, introduce the finalists, and then Aaron's Melody, Great Margaret Dalton, Cullen McDade, and um, Aaron's Melody. They'll be there roughly seven o'clock, and goes from two to eight. Um, some old friends are coming by, and I. You gotta, you're,
1: gonna, gonna be, you're gonna You're gonna hang around and meet your fans. Floral. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll, yeah, I'm going to stick around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
8: Might so. go over to Fishbones and get a bite for lunch and watch they there, there you go. There yep.
1: you go sir. Or go
8: down to the beachcomber and re- reminisce down there and have some fried scallops at one of the places outside.
1: Yeah, hey, wow. You get I great. don't know yet. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It depends. It's good to be fluid, flexible. Yeah, it's good yeah. to have the weekend. Yeah.
8: But what a nice, 50 years.
1: 50 years. And you've been here how, how many?
8: 35 and a half.
1: 35 and a half? Yep. Yeah, how come we didn't have a 35 and a half anniversary?
8: Uh, Well, 40 was with the radio station. I didn't start. I didn't start on the Irish show. I started at the station and was here. Frankly, that's how I kind of fell into this beautiful hole because uh, they looked around when they were expanding the show and said, Your name's Paul Sullivan.
1: Yeah, can we call you Sully? Yeah.
8: Yeah. And, and uh, I said, well, i told this before. Yeah. I know two songs, yeah. maybe two and a half if you count the half. I, thought of you only,
1: I, only, I only thought you knew one and a half. You uh, so. <laughs> count
8: the half of Danny Boy that I knew. Um, he's, but Ken, Ken Carter, who may be here this afternoon, said, you, know, you, you sound all right, and you've got an Irish name, you'll
1: learn. Yeah. yeah. 35 and, and a half and years he, later. And he did. Yeah. You know, so it, it was funny. I was talking to somebody in Connecticut on Wednesday, and uh, she was uh, she'd been in radio off and on over the years. And somebody said, "Oh, he he does radio. That guy, that guy does radio." And she said, "Oh, where? What station?" And I said, "Oh, WROL. And she, the Irish station." Yeah, there you go. And, and I said, "Yep, there you as go." A matter of fact, uh, I said, I, "I'm a, I'm 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 the break right before the six hours of Irish."
8: Pizza. No, you're the lead-in with the audience. I I get yeah. to capture your audience and try to take it home.
1: I'm like the comedian. No. Before the good show. Stop it. Hey, no. we got to go because the very best in Irish music is hey, are coming up. you sticking
8: around or are you going home? Uh, I'm going to go gonna home. going to come back. I'm going to come back. Okay, yeah, good.
1: Because there w- isn't really a lot for me to do between now and then. So I don't but, know. Yeah. It
8: looks like a lot of manual labor to be
1: done. Uh, maybe I'll go off the back door. <laughs> <laughs> the, the very best in Irish music is coming up with Paul Sullivan and the Irish Hit Parade. And, of course, our big party. So come on down. Two to eight. Right here at... Uh, Five Hundred Victory Road, there's food, Bay. right? Uh, yeah, food. I think. I think. I think. Yeah. I think. Who knows? It's, I come got down, some in my, come If down, there's not, out. I have
8: some in my backpack. Do
1: you? Yeah. Really? Yes. Uh, yeah.
8: Let's we'll share.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> hey, we'll be right. We'll be back uh, next week. Until then, make sure you wear your seatbelt. Drive safely. Be good to your car. Talk to y'all next week. Bye bye.
0: AM 950 WROL Boston. The spirit of Boston. A
3: service of Salem Media Group.
0: He called her on
3: the road From a lonely, cold hotel room just to hear her say, "I love you one more time," and when he heard the sound of the kids laughing in the background, had to wipe away a tear from.